the fem fem feed the fem feed the fem feed the fem fem feed the fem feed oh hi i get your life on Skype with my very best friend in the whole wide world, Natasha <laughs> Coombs. Can you say hi to our listeners? Hey, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and giving me this opportunity and peeling yourself away from those two beautiful kids. I really appreciate it. And I think our story needs to be told as well as your story. So this is it's going to be good. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So let's <laughs> jump right in. Who are you and what do you do? Um, so I'm Natasha, as you've already said. You and already know. <laughs> <laughs> I am a 35-year-old mom. I currently work for a pharmacy uh with Aetna, they have their own specialty pharmacy, and I currently do that. Wow. But that's not my passion. That is something I'm doing to pass the time, because as soon as I get my brand lifted up off the ground, I want to be working for myself. So um, along with being working at the pharmacy, I also currently started my own podcast called The Traveling Pants of a Single Mom, and... That is what I'm currently passionate about, and that is what I'm doing on a daily basis, just researching and trying to find new guests and exciting topics. So, you know, that's basically what I have going on. Um, Awesome. Like, because of the frequency of um, these devices, I'm not going to chime in while you're talking, because I think it's (laughs) a little bit of a feedback. So just so the listeners know, I'm definitely listening as she's talking. So, um, yes, those are amazing things. I actually was inspired to get on top of my podcast when I saw that my my best girl was doing it herself because I wanted to do it with other people. And I've been waiting and waiting and our schedules just didn't sync. And when I saw her doing it and it just totally inspired me. And myself, I'm actually on <laughs> Yes, vocals. One more time, one more time. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I was actually on her, I think your third episode, I believe. Her um, podcast is called The Traveling Pants of a Single Mom. It's on SoundCloud, available right now. So definitely go and check that out after you complete our podcast that we're doing right now, that should be the next one that you listen to. So let's jump right in to our next question because we have a few questions. So we have a few things to actually discuss and dive into that I'm sure our listeners would love to know about us and hear about us. What did you, where did we meet? And what did you think of me? 
and I'm going to answer this question as well, vice versa for myself. Okay. Uh, we met at Seminole Community College. We were freshmen, thinking like 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but around Bergen that community, Bergen community. Bergen, what I said? You said Seminole? I don't know what that is. Okay. Girl, you love it. Is that a Florida school? Ah, yes. <laughs> She's all Florida up now. Oh this God. used to be my Jersey girl, y'all. <laughs> Bergen Community College. I apologize. We met Bergen Community. We were uh, freshmen at Bergen, and um, I remember vividly one day I was walking through the student center. I guess I was leaving because I was from. Um, what county? Passaic County. Mm -hmm. I went to school, grew up and everything in Passaic County. And so going to Bergen community, I had no friends. I knew nobody because everybody went to Passaic uh, Community College, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I was leaving. I was on a mission to <laughs> head out the door. And I saw a friend of ours, Jason Johnson. Yes, shout out to Jason. Hey Jason, he stopped up, stopped me on the way out, and he was with you guys. Um, and from there, that's how I, you know, how I met you. Jason introduced me to all the friends, and I think I said hi, and you know, everybody said hi, but I think I kept it moving. Mm -hmm. But every day, you guys were in the student lounge, and each day I would, you know, whatever, and then it finally just progressed where we, I was hanging out with you guys all the time. Mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, we've already discussed this as far as you and I are concerned, but, you know, in the beginning, I felt like you was cool people, a happy person, always smiling, joking, mm -hmm. but we had a little episode when, um, you know, you guys were a little bit, I call it bougie on the bougie side, I grew up <laughs> in were a little bit more hood or whatever the case may be. And so when I was with you guys, I felt like I had to be careful of the things that I say or how I say it. Mm -hmm. So if something happened and I was trying to do a joke and instead of cursing and saying F that, I went ahead and said, now, nah, Tosh, don't curse. Don't curse. Just <laughs> say something else. And real quick, I don't know where it came from. Never heard of it. I just talked about some scoop that. And who told me to go say scoop that? <laughs> All of y'all turned that into the latest joke. Girl. I and from there, I was like, well, I definitely don't like her. <laughs> then you went in. You but went you in know me now. That. You know I go in. It, it's no shade to anybody. Girl. <laughs> I was just looking like. I was like, girl. scoop that. Scoop it and get out of here. I, <laughs> I, I was like, all right, girl. No. I'm like, you it, not? <laughs> It was just something I've never heard before. So when we heard that, myself, Jason, Althea, Deandra, shouts out to them. I was, we was like, what? She said, what? Scoop that, scoop it, and get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, it, look, it was new to me too. I never heard the word either. I just made it up on the spot. <laughs> it was awesome. I love the word though. That just made me happy. But I knew. After a while, I realized, like, you weren't into it. And I was like, damn, she doesn't like me? what I do? <laughs> Girl, that's cool that. That's, that's what you did. That. <laughs> that's cool that. Girl, that's scoop that. Get it out of here. So, for me, um, 
we met at Bergen Community College. And I remember us, I remember that moment. I think we were in, um, we were in the library. We were trying to all study together. And, you know, we had different classes or whatever, but like we were trying to be on it and make sure our grades were on point and um, all our work was done and everything. And I remember sitting there <laughs> and that happened. Um, and then after that, I don't know. I didn't remember too much of our interactions, but I remember like I would come in, I'd look cute. I used to be a style, a stylish girl. Like I clothes was everything, especially in Teaneck at the time, the generation now I work in Teaneck uh, as a sub and I work in the high school and I see that the kids aren't really too much into fashion. When I grew up there, you had a shoe. Okay. You had a pant, you had an outfit, you had an ensemble. Okay. Hair was laid and slayed. Okay. You may have gotten your eyebrows done. You may have gotten some tips some nails done or whatever, but the outfits were no games. Okay. People worked very hard. I had jobs upon jobs upon jobs to make sure I was able to afford the things that I wanted, the, the um, finer things in life, because my parents wouldn't do it for me. So it's, it's a totally different generation. Like, I'm sure you see that too with your, your daughter. Like, they just don't really care about that, which is great. I mean, it's all about like what Kanye said about things we buy to cover up what's inside. So like, it, it was definitely that situation. We were all flossing, but for what? We were going to high school, but it was a thing. And um, it, it was part of our, I, our identity, excuse me, and what we, what we deemed to be important. Like fashion was important. For me, personal style was important. I didn't want to look like anybody else. Like I had exclusivity. Right. My dad like lived in the Bronx and I would pride myself on, you know, going to the city and making sure I was getting items and things that people did not know about. At the time um, that we were friends in Bergen, I had a boyfriend and he was from the Bronx too, but he grew up here in Teaneck like myself, um, partially. And he was into these spider jackets and nobody in Jersey was into spider jackets when he was into spider jackets. He was talking about spider jackets and I was like, okay. So he got a spider jacket and I was like, let me get a cute girl spider jacket too. So I got that. Like a few months later, everybody wants to get a spider jacket. And this is something, actually, I think it was months, months later, like almost like a year. And I remember thinking like, yeah, you know, like New Yorkers just really are up on the fashion a little bit more. So I, I really enjoyed that. So I would come in, anyway, back to our meeting, I would come in and I'd be looking cute and you'd be like, oh, you look nice. Like you'd be doing it. And I remember one time you, out of nowhere, cause for me, sometimes I don't realize when people think I'm cool or I'm a good person for them or they want to get to know me or even are attracted to me or like me. I'm very much nonchalant like I, I really my radar with that is terrible so I remember out of nowhere you were like oh yeah that's nice and I was like oh thank you that's some that's so sweet of you and you're like yeah I'll be telling my mom like Allison be styling and I remember you said that and I was like she talks to her mom about me and I was like 
she's cool. Like, you know, I didn't, I, that's when I started to like realize like who you were, like deeper than just like face value, seeing you in the, um, the student lounge and hanging out or whatever. I was like, oh wow. I was like, she pays attention to detail. I was like, I like her. She, I think she likes me, you know? And then I was like, I'm going to pursue this, like a real long relationship. And I remember at that moment, that's when I like opened up to you and wanted to do things with you and linked up and we were like going to each other's houses and everything. Like mm -hmm. that's when it really happened for me. Cause I, I noticed that you saw me and you saw me as an individual and I just thought that was dope. And from there, it's been just a sister from another mister. I cannot possibly think about my life without this girl, which we'll get into later. But yes, that, that's my take. I thought you were a very sweet girl. And the fact that you came from like a foreign household, just like me, I'm African, you're Jamaican, just the different foods and like how foreign parents behave you know it's very similar right. so like it felt very comfortable like going to your house and and hanging out with you because we had like pretty much some of the same upbringings in terms of um discipline and and ideologies and stuff like that so I liked that that was pretty cool so moving right along because <laughs> we got a few things um how important is family to you um, family is life, you know, having family and, you know, family is not just blood. Family yeah. is friendships, friendship that turns into uh, family members like yourself. Right. Um, but family is super important because I feel like it helps you the support of your family and your close, close friends mm -hmm. that basically turns into family, it helps you, it encourages you, it keeps you on top, you know, um, not having like, for example, the support of my mom, mm -hmm. you know, my, my mom has been always been close, and now that we are close, the, the importance of our relationship is ridiculous, right. like, I need that, it, it makes me thrive, and even when I get into a gym or get into a place where I can't manage, mm -hmm. she's there as a mother to help me through it. Yeah. So family is just so important. My grandmother, um, my brothers and sisters, you know, Jessica and Travis. Now, my um, younger sister that lived with me, uh, well, you know, we grew up together, lived in the same household. Mm -hmm. We weren't super close either growing up. She was, like, so annoying. <laughs> and now that we're older... And we kind of, like, understand life better. Just the support for each other. She has her own, um, uh, she's a fashion designer, so she, you know, does, does custom designs. Mm -hmm. And we go to each other. We support each other. We talk about things. We have that sisterly bond. And it's just so important to me. It's, it's like, unexplainable to hear her as my younger sister say, Tasha, you encourage me or you inspire me. And wow. thanks for this, you know. It's like a feeling you can't even explain. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm grateful to have them. Aww, Tashi Washi. That's mm -hmm. great. Family is very important. As I get older, I feel like it's more imperative. Like, I feel like when I was younger, 
I took advantage of my family in terms of like, especially the immediate family. Like I, I loved incorporating my extended family because uh, I grew up that way. And my mom would throw these shindigs and it just felt very nostalgic and warm to me. So I always wanted to create that for myself and for my siblings as well as my cousins and um, I just tried to keep that tradition going and mm -hmm. moving forward in life I'm realizing like the immediate family is something that you really have to put energy into as well if not more because those people are completely there for you you know your mom your dad you know your brothers and sisters and sometimes they could be fallouts with even in that too but it's important to have because we're all we have so like I don't know it was just like a reflection of mine it's something that I felt like I needed to reevaluate in my life based on certain things that have happened to me like, I'm like, all right, this is something that I need to put more energy into, which I am doing now. And it feels good. And I know, like, for example, my mom, she really appreciates, um, you know, what we have as, as our family, as our family that we have, me and my brothers and my mom. And she wants to put energy into that. And I do, too. Right. So, but it's like, important. It is. It is very it's important. important. Because... One thing that I realized, no matter how much as family you fuss and fight, mm -hmm. you always have each other's back. Right. And that's that heart. Mm -hmm. You could get on my nerves today or tomorrow, and that's fine. Like, even dealing with Jessica, you get on my nerves today, Jessica, you get on my nerves tomorrow. But somebody come for you, right? It's a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we're coming for your head. Right. So, you know, just, it's, it's so important. <laughs> that your family really has your best interest at heart. Right. Yeah, it's true. And it's important to know that. Um, let's move right along. We have a few other questions. How important is our friendship to you? And I'm going to answer that question as well. So, um, Our friendship, it, it's no words to describe. I mean, just like we discussed with the family, um, we may have our moments, our ups and downs as friends, but we've been rocking since 2001, 2002. Girl. And listen, it's, it, we can talk about anything. We can, we support each other. We're there for each other. Special moments and times in our lives. Mm. You know, we, we are there. Um, it's like, having a, for me another sister Aww. we have been through so much we have gone through the rocks and the waters mm -hmm. but we are still standing as friends yep. i need you like you know like times that i'm going through things like i have a lot of friends but right. the difference with you you're very in tune and in touch so i can come to you and you will put things into perspective and you're real with it, but you're, you're, um, it's like a, a perspective where you're real, but it's, it's truth to the, it's like food mm -hmm. for the soul. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's some stuff you may not like, some stuff you may not want to hear, but at the end of the day, it's food for the soul. It's like what you needed to hear or what you need to know, Mm -hmm. like relationship issues, um, personal life issues, you know, all kinds of things. Me being in a place in my life where I, I'm grateful for my job, but I'm not happy where as far as this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, you always have been there to encourage me. Like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Like, what can we do it? Like, what is it? You know, like you've always kept that, um, positive, um, aspect to all the, to the things that may, may be going on in my life that I hate or, even with the podcast venture, mm-hmm. you, you, even though the podcast wasn't what I wanted to do, or mm-hmm. it wasn't the thing that was on my brain, the first thing that came to me was starting a YouTube channel. Right. But when I brought it to you, you was all for it. You supported it. You, mm-hmm. you was ready to, to be a part and keep me on it. Right. You know? And when I came to Jersey, my logo that I use now, you created it. You just yeah. sat there. We went to go have tea, and you sat there at the table, and you created my logo. If it wasn't for that, that con- that logo was a constant reminder. I would uh, pass logo in my uh, picture gallery, mm-hmm. and it would be like, Tasha, well, what you going to do with this? And every time I flip past it, and I'm looking like, what I'm going to do, like you need to do something. And mm-hmm. one day, like six months ago, the podcast idea came to mind and you know what I'm saying that constant encouragement that you provide is 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 super important and I love you for that like I love you for being that um soundboard that honest friend that supportive friend that friend like yo girl I'm gonna tell you like it is this is my opinion this is how I feel but I I love the fact that you brought that to my to my life because I I needed your positivity, I needed that to keep me straight. Because a lot of the things that you've talked to me about and encouraged and tried to instill is why I am where I am, you know? So I'm so grateful for you. Girl, that was beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) No problem, girl. You know you my soul sister. No, so you must be my soul sister. (laughs) Sister, that's my jam. You my. Okay, so for me, um, I feel the same way. Like, I, I just can't imagine my life without you, as I said before. It's, it's become somewhat of, a dependency you know I think a healthy dependency though because I I am able to handle things myself if I have to but you know I prefer you know bringing it to you just in case I'm on the right track just in case I'm not on the right track or whatever so I just can't imagine it and after all these things that have happened in my life with people and being taken advantage of and people pleasing syndromes and uh, manipulation, you know, you've withstanded time, you know, and the quality of your, your personality and your heart and your soul and who you are 
is undeniable. You've just been there. And I'm so appreciative of that. And I don't even know where I would be because realistically, if I didn't have the friendship that we had now, I don't think I would have anyone outside of my mother, of course. And even that, I can't get as deep as I can with a girlfriend, you know? I don't think I would have that anywhere, you know? Like, it's been so much of a cleansing for me for the past few years of toxic people, negative people, that I would be alone. And solitude is important, and it's good, but there's also power and strength in community. And I have community with you. It might just be two of us, but we're able to reach certain levels intellectually, emotionally, especially emotionally. Like, you are my emotional guardian, you know? Like, I know that I can tell you anything, and I won't be judged. I won't be shunned. I won't be wrong, you know, I'll just be me, I'll be Allison, and I'll be your girl, I'll be your soul sister, you'll always be here, and a friend of mine, shouts out to Samson Anumanu, he was one of my really good friends in high school, and a little bit after high school, we um, kind of don't talk as much anymore, and we haven't actually talked in a few years, but he used to drop gems on me. You remember Samson. Mm-hmm. He used to drop... This man was so cognitively sound. And I, I don't even know how someone that young, as young as we were in high school, was able to be so conscious and self-aware. But still yet being able to dabble in the world and be in the world and be around people but still have an idea or, or the real idea of what it's all about. He, put, he was my first intellectual connection. Mm-hmm. And he, he told me, years ago, we were little kids, who talks like this? But he's like, you know, you'll be lucky to find one friend in your whole lifetime that you can actually call a friend. Not the friend, like people, that's my friend, whatever, that's my friend. The real definition of a friend in a friendship, you will be lucky if you find one person. And it it brings me chills as I talk about it, because it was so real when he said it. And I can honestly say, I am beyond lucky, because I have you. You are that for me. And I love you. I'm so, I'm so into you, too, like. Like you're talking about the things that, you know, you're passionate about and what you want to do. Like, I'm very much involved in your shortcomings as well as your longcomings and your dreams and aspirations. I am in it with you and for you. And just so you know, if you, if I, you never heard me say it, I love you and I'm always here for you. It doesn't matter what. As stubborn as we may be or petty as we may get in the future, just remember this conversation and know that you always have that spot in my heart. So any type of fallout that may happen, you know, knock on wood that it doesn't happen. But if it does, know in your heart of hearts that you can always, always, girl, come to me and we can sit down and have a real talk and get right back to where we need to be and get our edges laid. (laughs) 
Because I, I don't want any of that. <laughs> What's that? to hear those words but you don't have to say it because I already know you know action speaks louder than words and oh. I'm not even claiming a fallout of that sort mm-hmm. like, I feel like You're anything right. at this point in life anything that we go through um, together we should be able to fix it mm-hmm. you know sort through and get you know get to the bottom of it because right. our friendship is just super important mm-hmm. super important and valuable um, and losing it would be like something inside of me would die. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. So I, I don't even want to think there. about <laughs> us not being there for each other. Right. You know? You're right. I Let's don't... stay positive. Let's not even go there. Like, yes. On to the next with that statement. <laughs> you love it. Oh, I know. Okay. So we're going to talk about the whole married marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Getting married at a young age, how was that for you and becoming a young mother? Um, at the time, I thought it was the best thing since the sliced bread. Mm, but, girl. <laughs> you know, you're, you're like, oh, I'm going to be a wife, you know, I'm going to be a mother, you know, whatever. But I really think that I wasn't ready for those type of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 20. Um, when I got pregnant and married, um, and like I said, at the time it was the best thing. I'm thinking, Oh, I'm about to be a wife and I'm going to do the, you know, at my boyfriend used to sleep over at the time when he was my boyfriend, he used to sleep over all the time. And mm-hmm. you know, you want that, you think you want that, um, thing where you're, you're living together and y'all right. doing the, you know, the, the, grown up the thing. Your grown people stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a family, but. Baby, I wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. <laughs> we was not ready. Um, it sounds good, mm-hmm. but I had it took away from my teenage years. I wasn't right. able to enjoy being a teenager mm-hmm. and seeing you living in your twenties. You were doing stuff, going on cruise, traveling with your friends, doing this. You went to Vegas. All kinds of things. I'm just sitting back and I'm looking like, dang, Tasha, you have you're you're you don't have the opportunity to do those things. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I am grateful for my daughter. Mm-hmm. She has brought stability to my life. Amen. You know, she has. Yeah, she <laughs> has given me life, everything. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm very grateful for her. But I really, really wish if I would have took the opportunity to. You know, chill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, life is not going nowhere. Right. You can live right now mm-hmm. and get married and do all those things in the future. Right. I wish I had, you know, that mindset at that time in my life because it took away so much. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to live now. I'm 35 right. now. I live. I'm trying to get out there and experience life. But it's not the same with being in your twenties, girl. Your body don't be the same. That so that now, recovery. You know, huh? <laughs> that recovery. <laughs> right. But even though now in my thirty five, you know, I'm thirty five, my body, you know, I've been gained weight. I'm not sick or anything. I've just gained a little bit of weight and I'm comfortable, mm-hmm. more comfortable in my skin than mm-hmm. I was then. But still in all, that recovery is no joke. Girl. None. <laughs> 
none to play with. Like, it's so real. When we, I actually visited her a few weeks ago and we had like a packed weekend schedule. We were going to tape her podcast with me on it, along with going to see her premiere. She was in a documentary about relationships, which was a great experience. And I like, I thought we would have time for things, but we didn't have time for things. And you couldn't even recover from the fact of getting me from the airport, like the whole crazy day of that day. And my flight was delayed so many times. So the sleep pattern wasn't even a comfortable situation. So that was a deprived right there. That was a deprived situation. And then we moved right on to the day I was actually picked up, which was that morning which was also the day, the night of the premiere and getting ready for that and running around. It was constant movement that I remember moving like that when I was younger and it was no thing. I wouldn't even eat because the excitement mm-hmm. and the adrenaline, like, but it was like, I had to have my snacks. I went mm-hmm. to, <laughs> I went to Whole Foods. I got my fruit. I got my, um, seaweed chips I got everything that I needed my essential water all that (laughs) and even for you like the next day it was hard for us to continue what what our plans were because the recovery was so real and then you had work on Monday so it was like there wasn't much time for recovery it's it's just a different ball game like you definitely have to give yourself more self-care and and be conscious of what you're giving to your body or it won't work for you. Not only that, I mean, you was doing pretty good because you were still up and about doing stuff, chilling with Tali. Mm-hmm. Girl, but you know what? I've always been asleep. Like, that sleep is so serious. Yeah. <laughs> I got that from my mom. My mom don't play with her sleep. <laughs> I think I got that from her, too. Like, when my body gets tired, it shuts down. And it's wow. like... It, it, that's going to be, like, the hardest thing for me, like, even trying to start this podcast and, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking on the spectrum if it did blow up or whatever, good things come from it, where I'm a, I'll am be constantly on the go. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I'm going to do it because when when I get tired, it's like I shut down. Girl. And you've experienced <laughs> that with me a few times. Yeah, I'm like, girl, you, know, you ain't about this life. Girl, I'm not, I'm not, I really, I don't know what I'm going to do if something happens, even if it's not when, when, not even if, when, because it's going, your podcast is going to be a success, it's going to be amazing, so we have to speak that out into the world. You're right, so when the podcast blow up and, you know, things come up, I'm going to really have to binge sleep, or I don't know what I'm going to do, girl, because I'll be getting tired, and when I do... Girl, I be struggling in these city streets. Girl, I'm city streets. No joke. No joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> the so, struggle is real. Yeah. So I, I think you pretty much explained um, being married at a young age and being pregnant at a young age as well, or having a child at a young age. Just a lot of thinking. I, I think a lot yeah. of that has to do with the media too and what we think we're supposed to have and mm-hmm. actually yep. having it is like, wait, this doesn't fit, but I'm a rock with it because everyone sees me a different way. 
I definitely know like when you're married, you get a certain type of esteem, if that makes any sense. Like you're in a different club and it can feel good at times, you know, because it's something new from having a single life. You have a married life, you have a husband, you have a family. So it's like, it's a little notch. I would say an invisible notch on your belt. Like, yeah, I've achieved this. This is, I've arrived. <laughs> mm -hmm. So let's talk about the failure of your marriage and how you experienced that and the big D word, the divorce. <laughs> well, like I mentioned before, we weren't ready. Mm -hmm. So the fact that everything fell apart, it wasn't a surprise. Right. Okay. The divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I, when I, we were, we broke up years before I got the divorce. And I remember meeting this guy and he said to me, cause at this point me and, um, you know, my ex-husband, we were not together for years, like maybe three, four years separated, living our own lives. Mm -hmm. And I, he looked at me, he said, let me tell you something, because I went through this. He said, y'all not together for years, no contact, blah, blah, blah. But he said, when you get a divorce, <coughs> things to affect you. Mm -hmm. In some way, you're going to feel affected. And I'm looking at him like, dude, no, I'm not. Like, we're already <laughs> living our own lives. We're already doing our own thing. Right. just... You know, just getting a divorce, making it not legal. Right. And getting the divorce actually did affect in some way. It was kind of like th that official, it's done. Right. You know, but like I said, going back to how it all happened, I already knew that we probably were leading in that direction. Mm-hmm. We weren't ready. We weren't prepared. We didn't have the tools. All we knew, like you mentioned earlier, society makes you believe that life is supposed to go in a certain order. And all we knew, or I knew, is that, okay, marriage, yes, I'm going to be a wife. Right. But that divorce was, it was, it was kind of, we signing them papers when the, the, the judge was like, okay, you, you know, you're divorced. It, that dependency on that other person instantly goes away. Right. I, I knew if I was going through something or if I needed something, if I if something happened, they would be going straight for that person, even though we're not together. Right. Knowing that I'm completely not. I'm, at this point, I'm living in Florida with Talene by myself. Mm -hmm. So at this point, once that was done, it was like I'm on my own. Anything happened, he is no longer responsible to even pick up the phone. Right. Same with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if anything happened, I'm no longer responsible. Mm -hmm. So, it was a hard process, but also something that just needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, for me, as I... I mentioned in the previous podcast with Portia, 
you know, I'm looking into that myself, you know, getting um, divorced, like legally just sever the relationship because it's pretty much over. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, like, I can imagine that, like, once papers are signed, like, this is it, you know, like, because nobody wants to have, like, a failed relationship, regardless right. of what anybody says, you know. We don't go into a situation and say, all right, want it to fail, or if right. it fails, I'm all good with that. Like, it's it's traumatic. It's it's definitely a hard situation, but um, as you probably reached at your point, like, you realize that you're worth more, and you deserve mm -hmm. more, and you just make a decision for yourself you know and you make that happen and there's definitely life after divorce i i've seen mm -hmm. you live through that i've seen my other friend portia live through that and other friends you know uh even my my own mom you know and my father there's life after that and there's definitely going to be love i'm manifesting it it's going to happen so for both of us so it i can imagine how that's going to be. And I remember you advising me on that too. Like once those papers are signed, girl, like you're going to feel, you know, you're going to feel a little something, you know, and I'm sure I will, even mm -hmm. though I, I'm so ready to be out of the situation. Right. I do know that, um, you know, like my intention of tensions of being with him and wanting to be married and start a family with this man, like, that I'm saying goodbye to that too. That's a death, the thought of that. So that's hard in itself. And it is very hard. Mm -hmm. Divorce is a hard thing, regardless of how much you feel like you don't want it. Right. It's hard because only just you know, it's it's what you invest in it. Not mm -hmm. just mentally, emotionally, you invest so much in that person in the situation and to letting it go, you know, even though it may be toxic and you need to. So I'm not saying this to say, don't let go. Mm -hmm. saying say letting go. It's like, it, it is like a, a chip off you, like, you know, a release off your back. Like it's done, but then you have that other feeling of, dang, all that time, energy, um, money, right. all that invested is, is like done. Yep. Yep. And and the dream of it too. The dream of what it was supposed to be. It's not there. It's gone. Right. So yeah. it, it's definitely hard. It's definitely hard. And this brings me to the next question. Dating at 35. How is that? And also boundaries and how to get some. Let's let's expand on that. <laughs> Love it. Well, dating at 20, 35 is it's not. I think dating in 2017 is just a challenge period. But mm -hmm. dating at 35, it's, very, it's just challenging. I feel like more so the era than the age. Right. That we're in, people don't care. Yeah. People don't. It's like back in the days when you would hear like a side chick. It was kind of like a no-no. Like nah, mm -hmm. side chick. No, I don't stand for that stuff. 
you know, whatever. But now, being a side chick is okay. Like, women are out here okay with that concept. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm the side chick, and I'm okay with it. You know what I'm saying? On the responsibility. Girl. Girl. I know me when you got it down. Girl. You that song ain't no lie. No, because it's these real. people and and because of that, men they they expect it. They mm-hmm. expect you to be okay with being a side chick. They expect you to be okay with you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's all cool. Mm-hmm. So dating is it's hard because no one's honest. I mean, I'm not gonna say no one. So I'm gonna take that back. People aren't honest, and it's just a lot of cheating going on. You do mm-hmm. have faithful men out there. You do have faithful women out there. Mm-hmm. It's just that the mass is is like, huh, you know, it's it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody's down, whatever, and whatever. What people do, how they choose what they like, that's on them. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. But in the dating world, it makes it so hard for the people that want real right you know for the people that want a real relationship and a real um you know marriage and so on and so forth it's it it makes it so hard because it's that loyalty is not there loyalty 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 you know all i want is loyalty (laughs) (laughs) yeah sounds good it's true i remember this this is more so this was years ago when I first went to my four year um, at Montclair and I was walking in the street, I think I was going to CVS and this man was breaking his neck, you know, and I was looking cute that day because for the most part now I'm very much, I don't care (laughs) if I feel like putting on clothes to slay, I know I can slay it's part of my 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 legacy. If anyone knew me from when that stuff was like a major thing for me, mm-hmm. it it's no thing, you know. But I really just like to be comfortable. Call me grandma, whatever. I just put on whatever <laughs> Mitch Mad socks. I have this sweater I'm currently wearing right now that I wore in in elementary school in the Bronx when I was living in the Bronx. That was years ago. Like, and I rock it. It has a hole in it. It has some paint marks on it from art class. It's nostalgic and it makes me feel good, so I wear it. But (laughs) I remember, I digress, I remember I was walking down the the parking lot, his breaking his neck, and I felt him because, you know, sometimes you're up on it and sometimes you're not, and I was up on it. I realized what he was doing. And uh-huh. he stopped me. He was like, yeah, miss, come over here or whatever. I came over. And he's like, oh, let me get your number. I was like, mm, I don't know. He's like, yeah, let me get your number. You're such a beautiful young woman or whatever. He was like an older guy. He had a nice car or whatever. And at that time, I was like, maybe I'll give him my number and see where it leads, you know. Uh-huh. Maybe he'll expose me to things, you know. Help me get culture. <laughs> I don't know. But... Um, so I gave him my number, and after I gave him my number, he's like, just so you know, I have a wife. And Ooh. I want you just to be aware of that. Um, and clearly, she's going to come first. And I looked at him like, what? 
And that never happened to me. That was a Lifetime movie at the time. I was still young, so I was just like, what? This is real? People do this? This has never happened to me. And I was just like, oh, okay, because I was caught off guard. And I was like, he can't be serious. And he called me almost right away. And I, I had a feeling it was him because he had a blocked number. Like, as if I'm going to be that chick and call his 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 um his wife's house or whatever start some mess first of all I wouldn't even be that chick to interact with you you gave me no choice at that point after you already got my number and I just didn't pick up I knew it was him and I was just like he can't be serious after I like gathered my thoughts and laid my edges down again because I had lost them on the ground where um I stood and uh, after I retrieved them and laid them back, I was just like, absolutely not. And I could not believe that. I thought that was a movie. It couldn't have been real. So, right. yeah, that definitely does happen. Like, people have no shame. But at least he let me know. I mean, at I think least, he let me at know. At least he gave me the courtesy. Mm-hmm. But I think he let me know a little bit too late. Not not too late. It was still obviously my choice to indulge it or not at that point. But I mean, I didn't want the dude to have my number if you were that type of dude. I don't want no mess. But yeah. So we're going to talk about boundaries. Like what I'm just going to give you a scenario. A guy promises that he's going to call you. You meet him. You have a great time together. Y'all um, hit it off. Chemistry seems bomb. And he's not hitting you up. Like he says he's going to hit you up Friday. And the date was Thursday. And he just doesn't hit you up. Or he waits till Sunday or Monday to hit you up. Is that something you can say, I need to create some clear boundaries because this person may be playing games? Or is it just something you would say, like, I fall back on. It's not that serious. Well... As you already know, as my friend, mm-hmm. I'm in I'm a space where I <laughs> learn boundaries and become a little bit more in tune with falling back. Right. Um, I'm, I'm on that journey now. So the boundaries thing for me, um, a scenario like that, you already know I'm the type of person I got to know. Mm-hmm. Like, why you ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? Which probably won't, it's not the best way to handle things. Right. But like, boundary thing, I'm, I'm trying to get in tune with that now because I know that it is important to create that distance. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody was totally, they're totally interested, they're going to make sure that they let you know by their actions. Right. You know what I mean? And when someone is doing something that blatantly shows, like, all right, I'm really not that interested or, you know, I'm busy or I, I got other things going on, which is fine because everybody has things going on, but it's the way at, it's done. Right. But, like I said, a boundaries is a very touchy thing for me because I am, I am working so hard on creating that. Like, the current friendship that I am in, I'm in now that person is not as, um, like some dudes would be real clingy off rip or, you know, on it. So it's easy for you to just fall and get comfortable in something that you probably right. don't even want. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just want to clarify. You said friendship. Is it friendship or are you dating? I well, you're dating. I mean, it's fresh. It's so, so you're dating. I, it's not your I, man, but I you're guess, dating. Right, right, right. Because okay, you right. know in the black community, we have a problem with that, with knowing how to date and saying this is a date. I know mm-hmm. this was something we struggled with when we were younger. Maybe now like the younger generation, they're more equipped with understanding like, yeah, dating is okay and getting to know each other. That doesn't mean that's my man or whatever. But anyway, continue. I'm sorry to cut you off. Right. So we're been going out on dates and hanging and doing stuff. But the thing that I'm, the boundary with this situation is that person is not super clingy or like, all right, I'm going to be with you 24-7. And I'm used to that. I'm used to a guy that, I'm dating that wants to be in my life 24-7 but it's like a situation where we have like that those boundaries like we're Mm -hmm. not going to be spending every minute together and I don't know if it's the place I'm in in my life right now where it doesn't even bother me it doesn't make me feel like oh so um he doesn't want to be I'm I'm free like this weekend, I'm free. The kids are both with their dads, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And yes, we've seen each other daily, right? But it's been a few hours. We hang and we go our separate ways. I'm used to no kids. We here all day, twenty four seven, cuddled up. You mm-hmm. know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's no space, it's no boundaries, no time to kind of like think about what you really want from this person. This particular situation I have the space to think about what I want and if I want it you know what I mean and like I said I don't I I feel like I'm in a place in my life where I'm learning what boundaries are and you know how to create them and so the space that we have back when I had no boundaries Mm -hmm. this space would be too much it would be like I'm calling you up like, girl, I don't think he liked me because, look, the kid's been gone and he doesn't want to spend time with me. Like, we're not together. You know what I'm saying? Like, those things would have bothered me. I would felt uns- I would feel unsettled in my soul. Like, no. I would laying around like, like, you know what I'm saying? Just confused. But now that I'm working on those things, girl, it's like a, I can't even believe it. Honestly. No. I can't even believe how comfortable I am with this separation. Yeah. And this even goes into being comfortable. This is one thing you always try to stress is being comfortable with yourself by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that even goes into that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm comfortable with myself. I'm comfortable by myself. So it's like, I don't need anyone to kind of be up under me for me to feel okay like honestly I've been feeling okay with having my space right home to okay I'm I'm gonna go home I'm gonna take a shower and I'm just gonna relax like my candles work on my podcast you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. it's so back to the boundary thing it is something I'm currently working on it's not something I have down pat but I something I am realizing that's very important um to have those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As I, I stated before in um, previous recordings with guests, like 
our bodies, I feel our bodies as women tell us what we should do, you know, but if we're not in tune with ourselves and our inner voice, it's very difficult for us to have that discernment and know what we want and what we need and what's good for us, what situation may not be that good. So I think that's important too. That helps with the boundaries, the placing of the boundaries. And obviously self-worth, when you feel and know that you are worth something, that you are priceless, like those boundaries just appear and people won't even test them because they can see them clear as day. And moving on to our next question, how important is your mother to you? Um, I, my mom is so important. Mm-hmm. She, her and I talk every day. Like, we have to talk and catch up. Like, I seen something a few years ago, and I, I want to find it when they say how, like, when you're in your te- your child, your mom is everything, you become a teenager, and it's mm-hmm. like you don't want have nothing to do with them and they like it's stages and I'm in that place in my life where my mom and our relationship is super important um I saw something a few years ago like explaining the timeline of a mother's daughter's relationship mm-hmm. Some verbatim but I know it was saying like you know when you're infant toddler like your mom is like the world and then when you come become like a teenager it's like you don't want to have nothing to do with your mom and then when you get like you know older in life it's like mom your mom is everything it's like your best friend Mm -hmm. um soundboard and that's like what my mom is to me now like we talk every day i talk to her about things like now i'm able to talk to her about men like Mm -hmm. but and it's different now that i've realized boundaries like Talking to my mom about guys as an adult when I didn't know who I was or what I wanted, it was totally different. It was like the feedback was like, you know, Tasha, man, you need to take a break. You need this, and it was kind of like, Ma, I don't want to hear that right now. (laughs) But now that I'm in a space where I'm a little bit more in tune, Mm -hmm. again, being in tune and all this stuff is so new to me. But now that I'm on that journey, um, talking about dating and, you know, men is totally different. Like, I, she's excited about my dating life and interested to hear what's going on. And, Aww. you know, cause she knows now that I took a minute to just relax. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just chill it out a little bit. So now it's kind of like, you know, the dating, talking about that is fun. Um just regular life, um, finances, she try to help me, like, okay, get your finances in order, it's just, the relationship is, 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 is the best, I can't, like, when she go away on vacation, and, like, she goes to Jamaica and stuff like that, when I can't call and talk to her, it's like, oh, ma, hurry back, it's like, that's how important she has become, I'm so grateful to have her in my life, I'm so happy that our relationship has grown, and we, you know, it was one point in our life that we just couldn't stand each other, like, oh, but I'm so happy we've grown and moved past that, because her relationship, her position in my life is like, I need it, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like our friendship, 
Like right. I need our friendship. I need that mother's love. I need her support. I need her advice. I need her to get on my nerves. <laughs> and, you know, like I just need it all because all of it makes it wonderful. Right. You know, I absolutely love my mom. And I'm, like I said, I'm just so grateful to have her there present. You know, some people don't have their moms, but, right. you know, and I'm telling you, some people have moms and their moms is just not enough. Their lives, you know, that's supporting them. And I don't, I, it's, it's like having her, it's, it's just super important to me. Aww. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I feel similar about my mom. Like she's, I'm grateful that she's here alive and well and she's able to help me through this time of recovering bouncing back from the failed relationship and you know financially just able to get back to being able to save and I'm very appreciative of that because I would not have had that without her you know I don't know where I would be in terms of that and even just Advice-wise, we're, we're still at a place, I guess, because we live together, too, where there's a little discourse, and um, I'm trying different ways and thinking of different ways where I can alleviate that, but I know her importance in my life, you know, even though I may not vocalize it to her or even behave in that way, she's everything, you know, everything to me and all that I feel like I have you know, right now, aside from great friends like you and, you know, a few other people in my life. So we're going to move on to toxic friendships. When do you think is a good time to let a toxic friend go in your life? Um, when you realize they have ran its course. I mean, I think friendships are like relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're dating of the opposite sex, you know, you want to see good in that person. You want to see the best, especially when you invest time in that friendship. Mm-hmm. I think with anything else, like when something has ran its course and there is no more fix in it, that's when you know it's just time to let go. Right. Oh, it's just, you, you gotta, when somebody brings you down but so much, you, it's, it comes a point in your life where you just look and say, you know what, I've, we, we've been up, we've been down, we've been through this, we've been through that, but it's time to let go. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's like, I think it's just like a feeling or a, sometimes a situation that forces you to just mm, let it go. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like more so a feeling and Yeah. Has, like, you in particular, a certain situation, have you had to let a toxic person go or toxic people go? I have. I mean, I I wouldn't want to elaborate on it, Mm -hmm. but I have had situations that had to be, had to get let go, think situations and people that even now, it hurts me that 
it came to that point where yeah. it had to, you know, we had to let go. But I've had to do that. Like, I think everyone had, had to, you know, it's been in a place where letting go of a friendship had to be the decision that was made. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's a hard thing to do with a hard decision decision because again like I said sometimes people are so near and dear to you at least that's what you think mm -hmm. but sometimes things that ha life happen where you have to go your separate ways it's like mm -hmm. I mentioned um a while ago like even with you and I we stopped talking for about a year when we were younger right and when Traumatic. we stopped <laughs> it was hard for me like it was a daily struggle like I I I couldn't, you know, it was days that it was good days, like, oh, okay, me and Allison, not friends, you know, I had whatever, and it was days it's like, nah, I need her, like, I need my friend, you know what I'm saying, like, right. and it, it, it was days that it hurt so bad, and days that I felt like, oh, girl, I'm, I'm, forget Allison, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but I'm so happy we were able to patch things up, but there are people that I have to let go in my life, and I think about it every day. Like, sometimes it hurts, but right. what can you do, you know? If something is not good for you, sometimes you just got to let it go. Right. And you I know? feel like some people come in and they replace that. Like, new people start to come into your life and replace that void of that person having to be let, let go. So I feel like that is is always a good thing too. Like that's I guess the light at the end of the tunnel of that experience. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're getting close to our last question, but before we get into that, have you become the woman you've always hoped to be? Um I am getting there. I am getting there. Like I said, I'm in a space in my life where I'm learning more about myself and my needs and my wants, what makes me happy. And the past two years has been a year of kind of like rebuilding myself, mm -hmm. you know, slowly but surely. So I am becoming that person, you know. I don't think I'm 100% there. Um, it took a while for me to even understand what it meant to be in tune with who you are. Right. And I'm getting there now that I'm having a little bit of an understanding. I'm definitely, definitely heading in that direction. You know, like a friend of mine sent me a um, sent me something today, and it was a shower curtain, and the shower curtain said, "Follow your dreams," and they said, "This." is something I can see you in. Like, this reminded me of you. Yeah. And it felt so good because it made me see and realize that I'm beginning to do that. You know, I'm yeah. beginning to follow my dreams. I'm beginning to do what makes me happy. I'm beginning to do what makes me feel good. And people see it. Right. They see it. You know, and even though I'm not, like I said, where I want to be, the fact that people see that growth, you know, and would see something like this and think of me, it made me feel good. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I got up and started a podcast, 
um, that's a big deal for me personally because I have always been inconsistent and I would have never, ever, ever started this because I know that it's going to make me have to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to work, so I don't <laughs> want to do anything extra. So the new me, yes, I was scared to make that commitment, but I did it because I, I need to, you know, step out in faith, step out and, mm-hmm. and do something instead of being complaining day by day about not loving what I do and, and, and trying to figure out you came up with an idea, do it. Right. So I, I am so, so happy at the end with the space that I'm in. I feel like, again, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm definitely where I want to be. Yes, girl, <laughs> I'm headed in that direction, baby. Girl. <laughs> so what messages would you give your daughters? What words would you leave them in this life? To follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. Don't conform to the world or what people want you to be. Be yourself. Find who you are. Um, be, um, know your stuff. Research. Um, don't let nobody, you know what I'm saying? Research so that nobody can't tell you who you are, where you, you know, right. who you should be. Just be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Love yourself. Know that you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Know these things. Be consistent with anything you do. Just go for it full throttle and continue. If it falls, you know you can always try something else. But it just put you, you just put your all into the things that you feel are important. Right. Wow, that was beautiful. Now, we're getting to our last question, but I just wanted to kind of break up all the seriousness that we've been talking about. And could you, I'm going to do the same too, but could you kind of do, I'll call this the sing-along. I'm going to start doing this for the next uh, last two um, recordings that I have with my guests. I'll call it the sing-along segment. And could you think of your favorite 90s or possibly early, early 2000s song um, that I guess just really embodied who you were at the time? Either just the melody, maybe not so much the words, because I know I, I knew a lot of words songs and I didn't really know what they were talking about until I got older I was like oh that's what that means right right (laughs) like I think about Jodeci's I want to freak you that was my jam but like what what was I talking about I was a little kid (laughs) what you what you got going on it's crazy I somebody had uh think of the video on Facebook where somebody like played the, you know, the songs that we used to listen to in the 90s and early 2000s and where we were singing and carrying on and we were like, oh my like, damn son, we didn't even know what we were talking about. No but you clue. know, the difference is that even though the word, it wasn't as vulgar as the music now. 
sometimes the vulgar ones were on mixtapes. Like, yeah. I remember that little Kim one. Boop, boop, ba-da-da. You want to be this queen bee, but you can't be. That's why you're mad at me. That song was disgusting. The things that she talked about and that Akinelli song. Remember that Akinelli song? Oh, yeah. We'll do a Girl. They don't. I that, don't think so. I, it's crazy. That song came up a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how it came in my head, and I was singing it, and I was like, "Y'all, you don't know this song?" They're like, "I've never heard of it." What? Dude, that song That's a classic. Was ridiculous. <laughs> I can't with that song. <laughs> that song is, I, I actually exposed Cody to that song, I, I want to say last year or whatever. He was like, what? whoa. He was like, yo. I'm like, I know. And I was like, I knew these words verbatim. I don't know why, but I did. Girl, I still do. You can lick a chook, you can taste it. Talking every drip, y'all don't you waste it. Every drip, it's a nothing thing to tell. It's being a licking good, and I wish a nigga would go down kind of slow, but even fast, I get the phone when I feel your tongue. In the crack of my head. I can't. That song was out of control. It definitely was. Girl. I, I can't. can't. But yeah, so what song would that be for you? I mean, it was so many songs back then. I can't even really off the top of the about, dome. Go. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Song Cry was one of my favorites. I don't know if that was in that time frame by. I think uh, that's Jay-Z. early two thousands. Song Cry, yes, that Crazy, was one. Right? And um, oh, damn, what was that song? Um, oh, well, how did it go? Shorty, I'm there for you anytime you need me. For real, girl, me and your love, believe me. Yeah. So better than a woman. Queen, Queen with the crown that be down for whenever. Yes, that was my joint. There's yes. Um, Mary J. Blige and um, Method, Man. Method Man. Yes. 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 That was a classic. I loved that one. For me, it would be, I I was real young when this came out, and I obviously didn't know what she was talking about, but just her vocals. Like, sometimes a person could sing in a way, and you just feel some type of way. But um, Mokin Steph, He's Mine, that Ooh, was my me I had him once, but I got him all the time. Yeah, that was sleeping. That now. was the jam. Girl, I don't know what I was singing. When she got to that bridge, I lost it. Girl. Oh, who I? A girl. <laughs> that song was the truth. Right? Right? I on that. That was a banger. That was a banger, and I, I know the words verbatim, like, that was a banger. So that was yeah. fun. I like that. Um, our last question for you is what I ask all my guests. My ending questions, if you will. What would you tell your 14-year-old self? Um, that you are beautiful. Be happy with the skin that you're in. Mm-hmm. Don't let, you know, the world and society make you feel like in order for you to be 
beautiful, you need to be light-skinned. Not saying light-skinned people aren't beautiful, but I would want to be more comfortable with my dark tone, you know? Mm-hmm. Back then, wasn't in touch with how beautiful this beautiful dark skin is. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I would have also told myself, like, you know, just relax. You know, as far as the whole getting you know, having a baby and getting married, relax, you know, the world, life is not running away, you have opportunity, you have time to have all those things, just Mm -hmm. relax and enjoy being a kid, Right. you know, so that would be like some of the the things that I would tell myself, because being comfortable with who you are and relaxing, for Mm -hmm. me, those were important tips. That I would look back and say, well, you have a whole life ahead of you. Do all those things. Right. Get your education. Mm-hmm. Build you a, um, you know, a, you get, build, get your education, get your life together so that mm-hmm. when you have your kids, you're able to provide everything that they need and want and mm-hmm. not have to struggle. Of course, you're always going to have financial problems, but to that extent where you're literally scraping to make ends meet because you're young. Right. You know? So. That's that's awesome. I like that. What's your favorite color, Natasha? Um, I will go with, and this is recent, trying to, again, learning who I am, but I would go with like a, um, purple, more like a lavenderish purple. Nice. Nice. Love it. Cecilia um, said purple too <laughs> in her um, in her yeah. podcast recording. And lastly, but not least, what advice would you give other women? Hmm. I mean, I think it's all coincides. Uh, be yourself. Um, find out who you are. Mm-hmm. That feminine side of ourselves. Um, know our worth. Right. Um, you know, know your worth. You know, get in touch with your feminine side. Learn how to chill in the dating world. We need to really know how to learn how to chill right. and and just be more quiet with things. Um, your self esteem. Work on our self esteem. Right. Um, Self-worth. Mm. I think I said that, right? Right, yes. I did, but sorry. Okay. Yeah, okay. so those are some of the stuff to name. Like, just just be more in tune with who you are. Um, you know, learn that feminine side and learn how to be happy with yourself, by yourself. Nice. I love it, I love it. I want to thank you, Natasha, for spending this time with me. I want to honor you as a woman, woman to woman, for this time. And thank you for being courageous and sharing part of your story with us. I really, really appreciate it. No problem, girl. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yes, thank you for having me on your podcast. And again, check her podcast out. Can you um, give us your handles so people want to check her out? She's beautiful, by the way. Every one of these ladies are beautiful. I, like, every time I'm talking to one of my guests, I'm like, 
they're beautiful and I'm like all of them are just so gorgeous and so beautiful as you will see as you all will see definitely check their handles out and Tasha what would that be are you talking about our podcast yeah your handles and basically like where people could find you on social media and your podcast well my podcast is called the traveling pants of a single mom mm -hmm. and you can um find me on soundcloud mm -hmm. but you just do the traveling pants of a single mom or on instagram same thing the traveling pants of a single mom so you will find my instagram there and then my email address the traveling pants of a single mom at gmail.com Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You are all so awesome. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast. I have to say that it is extremely important that we get reviews and comments. It really helps us to get our content more refined and I find out what you guys like and what you would like to hear, as well as on a monetary level when ads are able to see that people are listening and what they have to say. It really helps us if we wanna build our brand and take the podcast to the next level. So for all podcasts that you listen to, definitely make sure you like, subscribe, and review. I'm gonna close this episode with one of my words. We discover our strength when we review our stories. Thank you.